Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Student Equip Podcast. Uh, I got Pastor Joe back with us, who's becoming more of a regular on the podcast, which is exciting. Uh, so I'm um, excited to have you back again, Pastor Joe. Uh, what are we talking about today? Yeah, man. Well, hey, thanks again for having me back on the podcast. I'm excited to hang out and talk today. Um, today we're talking about self-image and um, just our self-concept, how we view ourselves, and I guess what does scripture have to say about our image so yeah um i'm excited for this one because i had um uh had this one written down as an idea when i was thinking through this this season and then talking with you you said like this is one that you would want to talk about and i was like perfect let's do yeah. it um yeah yeah it's just one of those things that i think you know so many teenagers deal with and i would say nowadays but i think it's always always um, yeah. just like developmentally you know this is <laughs> You know, yeah. teenagers are starting to starting to become more social and more socially conscious and aware. And so they're starting to be more self-conscious and self-aware as well. Yeah. So let's just jump right into it then with that. Why do you think teenagers are so concerned with their self-image? Yeah, I think, you know, I kind of just alluded to it. But, you know, the idea that um, teenagers are becoming more socially conscious Mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's in those early years, the, the elementary, mid, even middle school years, um, early middle school years, uh, you know, it's more self-centered, more self-focused and about how do I feel and what do I think? And um, as they start to mature and, and grow, they start looking outward and start thinking a little bit more abstract, uh, abstract concepts. And so, you know, friendship and relationship is a pretty abstract concept and they're thinking more intently on these things. So, you know, because they're thinking outwardly, um, they start to wonder, am I the type of person who is worthy of being a friend? Um, yeah. you know, do I appeal to other people? And then you add, you know, romance into that mm. and, you know, man, I want girls attention or my muscles big enough or girls thinking, am I pretty enough? And, uh, there's all sorts of, you know, all sorts of, of things that play into that. And, you know, you got companies that try to play off of this and make yeah. money and profits off of these self-concepts, self-image ideas and uh, trying to push products. So, yeah. yeah, I think that's why it's a mixture yeah. of natural biology and sociology and marketing. <laughs> yeah, that's actually what I, I had on here. Obviously, I think, you know, social media is a big part of it um because it's what you're you know i think that's part of what you're saying like we're they as teenagers we become more conscient conscious of what other people think of us yeah and that's just been exaggerated with social media because oh, now it's people sure. all over the world that were that are looking at us and not just the people at our school um but i think to everything is like with self-image everything is about the body Right. That companies are marketing anti-aging creams of you need to stay young forever. You need to look young forever. Um, you know, girls are supposed to be skinny. Guys are supposed to have muscles. And that's what, like you're saying, marketing companies market products for those things of, hey, here's an anti-aging cream that will keep wrinkles off your face. Right. You know, girls, here's a new diet you can try or a new pill that will help you lose weight. You know, guys is like, hey, here's a new protein powder. Here's a new workout thing to that'll build muscle quick. Um, that is just there's societal expectations of what we're supposed to look like. 
and our image is supposed to be and so products your companies market their products yeah i mean you know and you think about you know from antiquity right you know even in ancient roman and greek cultures you look at the statues of these just everyday people quote unquote everyday people from greece and it's like you know the men are are muscular and strong the women are you know feminine and, and beautiful and we see that even in you know the like you said the culture around us today where you watch uh the Avengers mm-hmm. and Captain America has big bulging muscles and Black Widow is, you know, sleek and womanly and, and curvaceous. And it's all these things that, you know, uh, are kind of the stereotypes of what yeah. a man or a woman is supposed to be. And it just subconsciously, you know, plays into how we view ourselves. Um, you know, I think every guy looks at Captain America and thinks, wish i looked more like that <laughs> yeah the, uh, what is it the uh the dorito shape they call it the yeah exactly wide, the yeah. wide shoulders and yeah yeah smaller waist yeah shoot i would take looking like ant-man i don't even care. <laughs> That'd be great too yeah so um yeah so i think it's it's a lot of marketing in society but also mm-hmm. just the time of of your life that you know yeah. you're developing and and all that um and and I think a lot of, and we see this and we won't, I guess we might, but probably won't touch on this a lot in this episode, but I think this is where you start to see the, the increase in the, the sexual revolution, the LGBTQ is mm-hmm. because people modify and change their bodies f- to fit how they feel yeah, and to portray a, the outwardly, the image they have of themselves inside. Um, and again, I think companies market to that. Yeah. Yeah, it, <clears throat> this kind of makes me think of uh, Erickson's uh, Eight Stages of Development. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a sociologist and psychologist and looked at, like, how do people develop, you know, across a lifespan. And uh, the the stage where teenagers are in is the big issue that they wrestle with is identity. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's not just physical, but, uh, you know, how do they how do they think about themselves? What do they believe about themselves? And then how do they try to match their body with, you know, with what they feel? Um, you know, the term that he uses is called self-sameness. You know, it's a sense of continuity within self and within ad- interactions with others. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, self internally and self externally. So, you know, I feel like a woman, so I'm going to become a woman. Um, yeah. Or, you know, I feel like I need to be strong, so I'm going to buy into all the protein powders and supplements and try to become strong and uh all that type of stuff yeah yeah so and i think as we kind of move into the next questions so often we people we base our self-image on our body right what our body looks like and you know we'll talk about this more in a little bit but we're not just a body we're more than that but we think all we are is body so why should we not base our self-image only on what our body looks like well, yeah, I think, like you said, you know, we're more than a body. Yes, our body is the most readily apparent, uh, perce- you know, image of ourselves. Um, it's hard to see somebody's soul, but <clears throat> it's pretty easy to see, to see somebody's face or yeah. their physical appearance. And so, um, so I think it's natural that we, you know, we instantly connect who we are with what we see. And I think that's partially because it, with a depraved mind, um, 
we become materialistic in the sense that like the material world is what what is real um and we forget the fact that the spiritual world is just as real as the physical world so i think it's it's not good for us to just think of our self perception uh, our self image as being a, a physical issue but also a spiritual and uh, a social you know emotional issue as well uh part of that is because even you know one day uh, our bodies are will die uh, every single one of us is yeah. you know dying every day and that's a you know pretty morbid thought but every second we march closer to our bodies dying and being put in the ground somewhere and um and so there is something that lives on though there's something beyond the physical that continues to exist as christians obviously we would say that's our soul and um and so that's something worth developing yeah i love that and I, you know i just a couple thoughts i had one was that that we are body and soul like we have to recognize that and you know like our body is a part of who we are but it's not all who we are right right um but also we just have to recognize that we're made in god's image and as believers we're conformed to christ's image yeah. And so to just base our self image on our bodies is to ignore who, who and how God has made us. Yeah. And I to mean, ignore says, Christ's work in our life. Yeah. Right. You know, Jesus said that we would worship God in spirit and in truth. And that is because God is spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, yes, he created our physical bodies, but spirit is just as important. Yeah. Um, I would say equally as important because, you know, sometimes we try to downplay the physical in favor of the spiritual, but the fact of the matter is too, when the resurrection happens, it will be a physical resurrection. And so, you know, our bodies are important and it is okay for us to take care of our bodies. You know, scripture says that our bodies are a temple for the Holy spirit, Mm -hmm. Uh, but we also need to focus just as intently on developing our our spiritual self-image as well. Yeah. And growing in Christ-likeness. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah, I love it to kind of get a little philosophical, right? That if it's a good thing we're body and soul and that we don't have to just base our image off of the body because if we are just a body, right? If, you know, if you lose an arm, right? In an yeah. accident or something. Are you less of a person? I'm say if you're just, if we're just a body, then we're less human and less of a person than somebody with all of, with both arms. Absolutely, man, that, that has far reaching implications, right? What if, you know, what if you're born with a, you know, a physical ailment? Uh, you know, there are people who are born with organs missing or in the wrong spots, or, you know, their brain doesn't function the way that uh, it should. Does that make them less of a human? You know, obviously we would say no. Yeah, um, because we're body and soul. Right which is, I think, going to be key and, and important for the rest of this. Mm. Um, so kind of think, keeping with this idea of, you know, because it is natural to to form our self-image, at least part of it, on our body, how can, how can a student hold a healthy tension of being confident in who they are and what their body looks like without falling into sin? And like thinking body image of anorexia, gluttony, just pride in what their body looks like. Yeah, I think that it takes having a, a, a humble spirit, you know, having a humble heart. Um, you know, when, when you think about what is being humble, or, you know, having humility, 
sometimes people think it's it's thinking less of yourself but i would say it's thinking of yourself rightly yeah um, that's good you know it's thinking of yourself as as what is true not greater than them you're you know not thinking greater of yourself but also not thinking less of yourself and so you know anorexia i think is is one that kind of sets in because uh i think less of myself ah, i'm too fat i'm too there's too much of me, you know, in the mirror. And so uh, I, I think poorly of myself. So I'm going to try to negatively impact my, my body <clears throat> to become smaller. And then, you know, pride obviously is the total opposite of humility of, man, I'm so awesome. I'm smarter than everybody else. I'm more athletic. I've got bigger muscles. I'm more beautiful. You know, these are just the antithesis of, yeah. of humility. And so I think by approaching ourselves with a humble spirit, thinking of ourselves rightly about who God says we are, what mm -hmm. God says we are, uh, helps us to, to not fall into, uh, one of those two things of thinking more or less of ourselves. It really helps us to keep a, that tension. Like you said, yeah. you worded that, that tension, uh, and not fall into sin. Yeah. And I think it is, it is a tension because it's, uh, you know, whatever you know whether it's it's a you know eating disorder of like anorexia or gluttony or pride or whatever that is like there's a tension we have to have of i'm confident in who i am and who christ says i am but i also know that my body is not what it is supposed to be or i'm not treating my body like i'm i'm supposed to there's that tension and almost that acknowledgement of like just like sanctification of I know where I need to be I know I'm not there yet but I know I know where I need to go yeah well that's like Romans 8 you know it says that all creation is is groaning with eager expectation you know and then it follows up saying and we groan as well for the eager expectation of the redemption of our bodies yeah I love that it says the redemption of our bodies not the redemption of our souls our souls are already redeemed in Christ mm -hmm. but our bodies still have to be redeemed and yeah. we do feel that i mean man i'm 33 now and having that all-nighter we had this past weekend like when i was starting in ministry at you know 23 <laughs> i could do those and yeah. they're <laughs> a little bit harder you know <laughs> um it takes me a few days to recover as opposed to you know a quick nap in the afternoon and you know i, I look in the mirror and i see you know, even for myself that, you know, I'm getting gray hair and I'm, you know, trying to watch what I eat. My doctor said my cholesterol is a little high. I'm like, what in the world? That's old people stuff. <laughs> and then my wife reminds me, yeah, Joe, you're middle-aged. I'm like, no, that's, no. I'm forever that's not how I feel. One, okay. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, um, you know, so we feel that, that desire, mm -hmm. it doesn't matter what stage, whether you're a teenager yeah. uh, or you're, you're getting older. I mean, I see that even in my father -in -law that, you know, he's getting older and, uh, you know, he's got some health issues. I see it in my own dad, you know, getting older and not able to do some of the things mm -hmm. he used to do. And there's that desire for the redemption of our bodies. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I like, and, you know, I think this, this is like, it, and I think this tension looks different for each person, right? Because for sure. there are like, there are some people who are, I think, just more genetically, you know, likely to be underweight or overweight. Yeah. Right. And so 
it's harder for some people like me to gain weight and gain muscle, right? Like I've tried. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's hard for me to do. But then there's also people who are, who it's really hard for them to lose weight yeah. no matter what they do. So I think it, you know, when I was thinking through these these questions and stuff is, is I think it comes down to a stewardship issue of God's given us this body. Yeah. And like you mentioned before, it's, it's a temple for mm-hmm. him that because this, the spirit indwells us, it, our bodies are a temple for the Holy Spirit. And so it's a stewardship if, issue of how are we stewarding our bodies yeah. of, right? Like if we're, you know, whether we're overweight or underweight or just how we want to be, are we being healthy with our body Yeah. or are we just running it down? Are we, you know, feeding it garbage all the time? Right. I, so I think it, it comes down to a stewardship issue of it doesn't, you know, just because somebody looks underweight or overweight doesn't mean that they are being sinful with their body. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, Not yeah. necessarily. Right. Yeah. You know, I think that they're, you know, if you're, uh, <clears throat> you know, to quote that song that's popular right now, if you're five foot three and 300 pounds, um, yeah, there's probably some health issues going on. There, yeah. You know, and you're probably not taking care of your body like you should. Um, you know, but also same if you're six one and you're 85 pounds, there's also probably some, yeah. so, you know, there is some, you know, some indicators there. Yeah. Um, but I think, yeah, for the most part, I, I would totally agree that like, you know, our bodies are shaped differently. That's part of God's good design and yeah. his creativity. Um, I mean, you know, Andrew, how, how tall are you? Six foot. Yeah. Six foot. And I'm, you know, I'm like five, seven and a half on a good day, you know, like God <laughs> made us different. Right. You know, and I think I probably weigh a little bit more than you because, yeah. you know, I mean, that's just how I'm built. And, you know, so it's, it's cool that God makes us all different mm-hmm. and that is something to celebrate. Um, you know, but we do want to make sure that we are treating our bodies healthy. Yeah. Uh, like you said, you know, I think about it like a temple, like you, like you mentioned, um, like our church building. Mm-hmm. If, if we say, you know, church is where we gather to meet with God, you know, people kind of think of it as a modern day uh, meeting place with God. Mm-hmm. Uh, we want to treat the church grounds with respect. You know, we don't try to put holes in the wall or leave messes all over the place. We want to be respectful uh, to the Lord by caring for the church property. I mean, how much more so should we do that with our bodies? Yeah. Because uh, God doesn't dwell in buildings. Uh, God doesn't dwell in temples uh, or in an inner sanctuary somewhere. He dwells within us. And so, man, we are far more valuable than a, you know, million dollar church building. Um, yeah. Because we are where God actually lives. So it's worth taking care of. Yeah. That kind of convicts me about, you know, eating Hardee's twice a week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, and I think too, just for like summarizing that one of whatever, you know, wherever you find yourself on that tension of, you know, a good indicator of if you're falling into sin with your body is if your body becomes an idol, you've fallen into sin. Yeah. Whether that's uh, an idol in, um, you know, I'm going to work out and get a bunch of muscles because I want to look good or, you know, I'm going to starve myself because I want to be skinny at whatever that looks like. If your body has become an idol, you've fallen into sin with your body and your self-image. Even even like with fast food or something like that, you know, if it's, I just give my body whatever it craves, Mm -hmm. uh, I am, 
I am obedient to the whims of my flesh, you know, is what that comes down to. Rather than, like Paul said, I beat my flesh to make it obedient to Christ. Um, I know that Taco Bell after youth group every week is not a healthy choice. <clears throat> now, it might be okay to have on occasion, yeah. you know, but if I'm doing that every week or every day, then I'm not making my body obedient to Christ because Christ desires for us to be healthy, uh, to to take care of our bodies. Maybe I should say it that way. Um, so, yeah, I think I think absolutely. You know, over obsessing about you know your image is is a sinful attitude. Whether it's I need to get bigger or smaller, uh, and I think it's just as sinful as well to only be obedient to the whims of your flesh um yeah and give it whatever it says it wants yeah that's good so how then how can a student because i think at some point every student has struggled with with this how can a student who struggles with body image or self-image gain confidence in themselves um well i think you can gain confidence in yourself by just getting bigger muscles and being more (laughs) no i'm kidding (laughs) Just throw um, everything we just said out the window. We said, forget <laughs> it. Um, no, right? Yeah, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Of course. You know, part of it is is learning confidence um, in ourselves, not because of who we say we are. You know, a lot of people nowadays do these self affirmations. Yeah. Uh, look in the mirror. You know, Joel Osteen is famous for this. You know, I am healthy. I am strong. I am beautiful. You can tell yourself these things. But um, just because you tell yourself something doesn't necessarily make it true. Yeah. Uh, I can look in the mirror and tell myself I am strong, I am wealthy. And yet when I look at my bank account, I realize, ooh, <laughs> just because yeah. I said it didn't mean it was true. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so I think we have to look at something that is outside of ourselves that is greater than ourselves. You know, there's things outside of us that are lesser. Uh, but I think we need to look outside of ourselves at something greater to tell us who we are and then uh, repeat those truths, not to just those affirmations, but those yeah. truths to ourselves. That's where we just turn to God's word. Mm-hmm. Um, I think about, you know, Ephesians chapter two, for we are God's workmanship, God's masterpiece. You know, I, I love that. <clears throat> just yeah. knowing that um, that God loves me. That, that I am a masterpiece in his sight. Uh, I like, you know, in First Peter chapter 3, where it says that you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood. Uh, man, think about that, a royal priesthood. And Romans 8, you know, talking about being co-heirs with Christ. I just think about, like, this idea of being an heir to the throne of heaven with Christ. And, and so that gives me self-confidence to know, like, that's who God says I am. So I can, I can be confident. Uh, It also helps inform some of my actions because I Mm -hmm. say, is this how a prince of heaven would act? Because that's kind of what God is saying we are. Yeah. Um, Co-princes with Christ, you know, co-heirs with Christ. Um, And so I was actually even just talking with a girl about this on a youth group on on Wednesday uh, in middle school. She's getting bullied. And uh, people said that she was fat and that she just needs to kill herself. And I said, hey, let's talk about who let's talk about who God says you are, because because people can have all sorts of opinions, but their opinions don't matter. There's only one person whose opinions matter. 
and it's God. So we, we looked at that and I told her, I said, look, it says that you are a daughter of the king, that you are a princess of heaven. So fix your crown and lift your chin. You know, you got yeah. this. And, uh, and so she like made herself a little crown and was wearing it all night. It was, it was That's pretty awesome. cool. Yeah. But that's something that I think can give us confidence and help yeah. us think more rightly of ourselves. Um, and again, even, sorry, I'm kind of rambling now. No, but, you're good. But like, keep going. Help us not get our, allow our heads to get big from that, right? It'd be one thing to think like, well, I'm a prince of heaven. I, I am so great. Uh, people just need to bow before me. Um, we also realize the truth that we're not heirs to the kingdom of heaven because of anything that we've done but it yeah. is only because of what Christ has done. Uh, I like that. I think it's a Spurgeon quote that said, the only thing you contribute to your salvation is the sin that made it necessary. And so when I remember that as well, it takes me down a notch or two yeah. <laughs> to keep me humble and to remember um, that I'm not an heir of the kingdom of heaven because I'm just that great, but because Christ is that great and Christ has through his death and resurrection redeemed me to be part of his family. Yeah, no, that's good. That's kind of, uh, you expounded a lot more on the, the two things I had written of one. I just said, you know, <laughs> understand who they are in Christ, right. Of yeah. who God <laughs> yeah. says you are. Yeah. Um, and then the second one, which I think you alluded to is just understand that their body doesn't determine their worth. Yeah. Right. Like, you know, other people will have opinions Mm-hmm. But like I said, it doesn't matter. Like people's opinions and their and your body does not determine your worth. Yeah, Christ does. And I talked about this a couple. Like I mentioned it, I think this past Sunday and a few Sundays ago at Ignite. Of like worth and value is determined by how much somebody's willing to pay for something. And I use the example of I think it's absolutely dumb and ridiculous that professional athletes get paid hundreds of millions of dollars. Amen to bounce a ball up and down a court or catch a ball. Like, I think that's dumb, but it doesn't matter what I think because those players are worth hundreds of millions of dollars because there are team owners who are willing to pay hundreds of millions of dollars for them to play on their team. So value and worth is determined by how much somebody, some somebody's willing to pay for something like our value and worth is like so much greater than that because God was willing to pay the price of his son's life. Mm. for us and that's what determines our worth and our yeah. value not what other people think of us yeah dude that's that is so good um and i think that that is worth remembering for for a christian uh, because sometimes we can kind of look at scripture and what it says you know romans you know three ten, romans three twenty three says we've all sinned no one's righteous and it's easy to get down on ourselves of like well god just says i'm a dirty rotten wretch and I'm just deserving of hell and I'm just happy to get to heaven because you know, whatever, but it's like, <clears throat> yes, those things are true. And yet at the same time, what's also true is that God said, you're so valuable to me. I'm willing to die on the cross for you. Yeah. Like, man, that, that, that just kind of, kind of brings it back up, you know, that it's like, mm-hmm. you're that, you're that special to God. Yeah. And we, so I was having a, a conversation with our students on, on Sunday night and we were talking about this idea of that God paid the ultimate price and kind of just like made it personal of like, okay, like these, you know, these other groups that you're, you're seeking 
support and 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 love from how many like what we asked we asked them would would anyone in that group give their life for you and they said well i think I, you know somewhere there might be somebody who would and so we said okay well let's let's flip it would you would you give your life for one of them and they said maybe depending on the person said okay so would we named their one of their their good friends and he said would would you give their life for one of them and they said probably not and, they, and then we said okay would you so even their, pointing their, their, their friends you wouldn't give your life yeah and then we said you know because they have a really close relationship with their mother we said would you sacrifice your mother for one of them and they said that would have to be an absolutely incredible person for me to sacrifice my mother and i said exactly and that's the beauty of the gospel that god sacrificed his son when we were not incredible people yeah because well, that's our worst we enemies of god yeah like we were we were awful <laughs> like yeah. by every deep definition of that word we were awful yeah and, while we while we were while we were sinners christ yeah. died for us not when we were getting ourselves cleaned up or making yeah. ourselves presentable while we were in the midst of our sin in the deepest, darkest, darkest depths, Christ came and died for us. Like that is, it's not, it doesn't make any sense. If that doesn't say that you're valuable, if that doesn't yeah. say that God loves you, I don't know what does. Yeah. It's like, that's where we find our worth. That's yeah. where we should find our self image. So yeah, that was one of those things when I, when, uh, when Laura first got pregnant uh, with Alistair, I remember, um, sitting there and thinking about, you know, we didn't even know if Alistair was a boy or a girl or, you know, who he's going to be anything. All we knew is that there's a, a little baby in there. And, yeah. um, you know, she was like, he was like 10 weeks along in gestation at that point, you know, we found out pretty early. And, um, I just remember thinking, I love this baby so much. I would die for this baby. Mm -hmm. I would, I would not give my baby for anybody, no. you know, uh, yeah, I love my students in my youth group. I love my my family. I wouldn't give this baby for anybody. And yet that's exactly what God did for me. God didn't do it for even a friend. He did it for an enemy. Yeah. So that way we could become his family. Like, wow. Literally makes no sense. <laughs> no, totally nonsensical. Yeah. I mean, that's that's why you know scripture says that it is foolishness to those who are perishing. Like it doesn't make sense. No. And yet it's so simple and so profound that once you grasp it, you realize um, Jesus is the only path to salvation and God does truly love you. And he does have things to say about how we were created and why we were created and, and what our value is, what our self image should be. Um, so anyways, yeah. Yeah. I love that. So just kind of as we wrap up, you've already mentioned several of, you know, passages of what encouragement and hope we can find in Scripture and Scripture mm -hmm. offers. Um, and I just want to throw a couple out there. And then if you have any more you can add, you want to add, yeah. go for it. I think just this isn't necessarily a, a passage. You see this, you know, just living life and you see it in Scripture like the body's going to break. Yep. The body's going to die like you were talking about earlier. It's like we put, you know, we can't puts you know we can't let our body become an idol because nothing we can do can actually is going to stop it from dying and breaking down 
right? So we just, you know, can find encouragement in that of like, it's going to happen, yeah. right? Our body's not always going to look or function how we want it to. And that's just the natural way of life, yeah. you know? Um, I think in First Samuel 16, 7, where it says, man looks at outward appearances, but God looks at the heart, right? I think that's encouraging for me. It gives me hope. It's like, you know, God doesn't stop at outward appearances. He doesn't look at somebody and say, oh, they're too skinny or they're too overweight. He looks at the heart. He looks like he looks at the inside of like we're talking about. Are you being a good steward of the body I've entrusted to you? Yeah. Are you pursuing holiness and righteousness? Um, and then in Philippians three, the one day our bodies will be perfected, right? They're going to die, but there's a bodily resurrection where we, we will have a perfected and glorified body. Yeah. And so those are just some that pop that's into my head of encouragement, hope that scripture offers us. Yeah. I mean, even kind of along the lines of what you were just saying, um, I think about where it says in scripture that there's neither Jew nor Greek, you know, male or female, you know, slave nor free. You know, the whole point is here that, you know, like you said, God doesn't look at outward appearance. It's not like, okay, well, you're tall enough so you get to go to heaven. Yeah. Or, All right. You've got the right BMI. So you get to go to heaven. Um, <clears throat> but you know, God made us each unique, and yet in Christ we are one. Uh, so there's a, a beauty to that, that it's like our bodies are good things, but they're not the main thing. It's not about, oh, what's your ethnicity? What's your, you know, your hair color, your eye color? Is that what's going to determine it? Um, but it's, you know, beyond the physical. Uh, another verse that I find encouragement from is in Genesis chapter, uh, Genesis chapter one, um, verse 27. So God created man in his own image in the image of God. He created him male and female. He created them. And just number one, the fact that we are created by God, yeah, uh, you know, that we're not just some cosmic accident, uh, is, is an encouragement to me. But then the fact that we're created in his image. Um, and so I think there's a lot of, a lot of really positive things that we can draw from that, yeah. that, uh, that we're not just higher evolved animals. Um, we're not just stardust and matter in motion, but we are built and made for a purpose. And, um, and that purpose is, you know, to, to glorify God, uh, to, to be image bearers of God. Um, and then, you know, the other verse that really helps me out as well with, with self-identity is, um, that Ephesians 2.10, you know, mm -hmm. that we were created uh, in Christ Jesus for good works, that we are his masterpiece. Um, yeah. That when he made everything, that was uh, the pinnacle of what he made. Yeah. So very, very rarely do I look in the mirror and think I'm a masterpiece. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> it said very rarely do I look in the mirror and think I'm a masterpiece. Yeah, exactly. And that's something yeah, I got. God calls about. us his masterpiece, which is mind-blowing to me. Yeah. Yeah, I, I look in the mirror and I think, man, I got to lose a couple more pounds, you know, or I got to, you know, change this, man, I got to pull those gray hairs. But it's like, uh, no, God says, you're a masterpiece. Yeah. You're the, the pinnacle of my creation because you look like me. You bear my image. And that's where your value comes from. Yeah. So, you know, even if you're not in Christ, the fact that you are human, made in God's image, means that you have value. Yeah. And I love you, you know, you referenced Genesis one of that we were made in God's image and 
and I know this is what what you're saying, and I just want to I want to maybe clarify it for people who aren't as familiar with yeah. scripture of like that wasn't just Adam and Eve that were yeah. created, right? Psalms tells us that every single person who's ever been born is fearfully and wonderfully made, and God Himself knit us together in our mother's womb. Yeah. So like very really, God created you specifically. Yeah. Like didn't just create Adam and Eve and then just let it happen, let everything go. Like he literally creates every single person who's ever been born. Yeah. Yeah. No one is an accident. Yeah. You may have been unplanned by your mom and dad, but you weren't unplanned by God. Yeah. And scripture says God knew all of our days before the earth was even made. Before the foundations of the earth, you know, God called and predestined, you know, that means he knew exactly who was going to be here way before earth was even created yeah which that is that's just wild that's insane <laughs> yeah that's nuts i mean that's seriously just yeah that's nuts yeah. that's so cool but well pastor joe i appreciate you hopping on uh this episode any final kind of comments anything you want to throw out there before we yeah, sign yeah. Off? for any teenagers that are that are struggling with your self-identity uh with you know the way you look or the way you feel on the inside and how you present yourself on the outside, I would say, um, come back to the word of God. Uh, it's right. It's true. Um, the world has ideas, but those shift and change. I mean, you look at beauty standards, uh, today and you look at beauty standards, even just 20, 30, 40 years ago and things have changed. And so, uh, we can't put our hope and our trust in, in living up to the world standards. Um, we can't put our hope and our trust into meeting some niche groups idea of what we're supposed to be, whether it's the LGBTQ community or the bodybuilding community. Um, we can't put our hope and our trust in there or even our identity there. It only comes, uh, by looking to, to God and his word and, uh, finding our, our firm foundation there. So I just want to leave that encouragement to any students that are listening to the podcast. Good. What a great way to end. Always go back to scripture. There you go. That's just anything in life. Take it back to scripture. So um, thank you, Pastor Joe. Thank you guys for tuning in to this episode. Um, I hope it was a, a benefit for you and, and encouraged you, but also maybe equipped you to to help your friends who are struggling with self-image issues, um, that you can take them back to scripture. You can t- can talk them through the, the truths we talked about here. Um, so appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will see you on the next episode of the Student Equip Podcast.